Okay, so Jerry, Jerry Lewis, mo- most people you know of our age um, don't really know him because he's sort of like of our grandparents' time. Yeah. But Jerry Lewis was like one of the biggest names in Hollywood for about a decade and a half. I'll tell you this. The most I know about Jerry Lewis is he's at, like, I knew him as Jerry Lee Lewis. And I knew him as... Well, well Jerry, Jerry Lee Lewis is another person. Oh, fuck. You see? I'm already wrong on this. <laughs> So, for this this sort of mini episode, which is just me and you, which will probably end up being shorter than than what we normally want for an episode, um, I, I decided that in honor of Steve, who is who is beset by many different uh, ailments that he perpetually has, um, he he was he was having a having a rough time. Um, so with that and other obligations, he couldn't join us um, until you know, a, I think a week from now. Mm-hmm. Um, so I thought we would we would give some media just to keep it going. And in honor of that, we're going to talk about a gentleman who's who's usually that you probably know him from his his telethons, which is Mr. Jerry Lewis. Wait, we're about Jerry Lewis today? Sh- okay. Yeah. So all right, everybody that's listening, um, two things. One, I want to apologize um, for last week, uh, where my mic was absolutely terrible. Um, it was horrific. And the audio quality was less than horrible. My apologies. Um, second thing is, uh, this week, uh, in, 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 in full, uh, I guess you could say, uh, in, in complete disclosure, Steve has asked me not to look up uh, what he was going to talk about today. So everything that I, that I hear today is the first time. I, have, I, don't, I don't know what's going on. All I know is that we're going to be talking about today the day the clown cried and as you can tell already i had no idea jerry lewis was involved in <laughs> so what what do you know about jerry lewis i want you to treat me like i know nothing about him okay so jerry, jerry lewis mo- most people you know of our age um don't really know him because he's sort of like of our grandparents time yeah but Jerry Lewis was like one of the biggest names in Hollywood for about a decade and a half. How's this? I'll tell you this. The most I know about Jerry Lewis is he's at, like, I knew him as Jerry Lee Lewis. And I knew him as. Well, well Jerry, Jerry as, Lee Lewis is another person. Oh, fuck. You see? I'm already wrong on this. <laughs> Jer- Jerry Lee Lewis is like a drug addled, like. <laughs> yeah, I thought Like, we- <laughs> Southern, Southern, I like, we rock and roll rocker. guy who, like, murdered half his wives. Oh, man. Yeah, yeah, No, I thought we were talking about Jerry, Lew- Jerry Lee Lewis, the rock. No, Jerry Jerry Lewis is a, is a, Jew- a, a good Jewish boy from, from Newark, New Jersey, originally. Is he a comedian? Yes, Jerry, Jerry Lewis was was a comedian. Like, have you ever heard that where someone will go like, "Nice lady, nice lady"? Yes, I have heard that. Okay, yeah, that's that's like a classic like Jerry Lewis bit, and okay. and we'll get into sort of his his like style and what his routine was. Okay, um, but but just to let you know, um, so there there used to I think it still exists. Uh, Quigley Publishing would do like a questionnaire for for movies where they would sort of send out these these sort of um, 
uh, quizzes that they would give people, you know, sort of like who's their favorite like actor and like what's the last movie they saw, like like those sort of um, just to try to get pu- 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 publicity type type ratings. Y- yeah, it's it's sort of the JD Power and Associates of, <laughs> of movies, but according to their according to their questionnaire, Jerry Lewis was the highest grossing. Um, box office draw from 1951 to 1965. Okay. So, like, if somebody wants to go see a movie in that time period, and you were to ask them, like, like what movie, what what actor? So basically, the 50s and early 60s. So this would be like, I, I would say, you know, this is sort of like I think Kevin Hart now. Okay. I, I think his his stars kind of fallen, but like one of those actors, like a comedian who's Kevin in like Hart everything. I think he's I think he's on the downswing, but yeah, he's like like Will Ferrell. I think was sort of at this state for a while. Wait a minute! Um, but, wait a minute! Wait a minute! Wait a minute! I don't mean to interrupt you. I'm, I, is this the same Jerry Lewis that did the telethons on TV? Yes, he does the muscular d- dystrophy. Oh, uh, okay, okay, okay. All right, okay. Gotcha. This he, guy. He got, <laughs> my grandma you, used to keep him on TV all the time. She used to stay giving money to this guy. All the time, every year that he used to do the labor, because he did it on Labor Day. He used to yeah. always do it on fucking Labor Day, and my grandmother used to give him so much money. Every year she gave this guy money, and he had like the spray on hair, didn't he? He was, I think he was going bald towards the end, but he always kind of had like a bad, a, a bad haircut. Okay, all right, okay, all right, we're on the same page now. His, he, he. Like in his like, I kind of think the character in Dumb and Dumber, like Jim Carrey's haircut, kind of reminds me of like OG Jerry Lewis. Like like Jerry Lewis, when when he's just being an idiot in movies, like he kind of has that similar like it's on a bowl cut, but it's like almost a bowl cut. Like okay. it's a little too short to be one. <laughs> All right, it's, it's almost a Spock haircut. It's almost like the Vulcan standard haircut. Um, so. To, to give you a little background on, on Jerry Lewis, he's he comes from a, a Russian Jewish background. Um, his his parents were were emigres, and he was born in Newark, New Jersey, in, in 1926. Um, his birth name is is Joseph uh, Levitch. Joseph Levitch. Okay. So he he changed his he changed his uh, name when he started performing, which we'll get into, which is very common for like Jewish actors even up until today. Jerry Lewis um, rolls off the tongue a lot better than Yosef Levitch. I'm just gonna throw that out. Yeah, there. Jerry and, Lewis um, sounds a lot better. It's gonna go better on marquees. Yeah, much better. For, for example, like Jason Alexander, he um, he changed his name. Wait, what's his real name? His his real name's like. Like Jason, like Greenblatt or something like that. It's it's a very it's like a Yiddish name. Really? Okay. Okay. I didn't I didn't realize that that like I knew that changing your name in Hollywood was a thing, but I did not realize it was that widespread. I thought Jason Alexander was his actual name. Okay. Um. So he he initially started performing, uh, doing like he would he would sort of like mime singers on stage. Um. They called them like record acts where you would. Um, you would sort of mime like you, you're still lip syncing, like like think like the lip sync battle show. Okay. Like that's that's what he started out doing. Okay. Pro- probably not as extravagant because you know it's like the it's like the 30s. Yeah, we're still doing like the hello my baby, hello my honey, that kind of. Yeah, and he he started like a lot of comedians out of this time. Um, started performing in burlesque shows. Okay. And and he he sort of ran the burlesque circuit and and became. 
really somewhat famous doing that, you know, playing like dinner clubs and stuff like that. Um, and then um, during World War II, um, which which will come up later, um, he he did not go because he was declared four um, F. Which is uh, when you're declared four F, it means that you're not fit um, <laughs> to serve. He didn't meet the physical requirements to serve in the the military. I, I don't know <laughs> exactly. Lo- okay, listen. Okay, complete disclosure. I am six two, two hundred fifty pounds. I don't meet the like the the size requirements because if you I found this out in high school. When you go to enlist, they actually take a measuring tape around like your waist, your shoulders, and everything else to try to see like what your actual measurements are. So I was not physically fit in measurements. However, I could perform physically. And the physical duties that they asked me to perform was not that hard to be, to actually, you know, to compete, to get in. So either we got soft or this guy is really soft. Like how? <laughs> he, he might have had, he might have had another um, problem. I think it, oh, it was, it was apparently due to a heart murmur. Okay, okay. Okay. So my 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 uncle had a had a similar issue that got him out of going to to Vietnam. Yeah, that sounds he had a, he can't a do a man. bunch of push-ups because like I said, I feel like I can do them. I'm sure he can. He looks like a pretty fit guy. And his his, his comedy is also very physical. Yeah, he's got to be in a little bit of shape. Okay. He's he's not a he's not a prop comic, but he's very like all over the place. Think like classic Jim Carrey. Yeah, like uh, in Living Color, Jim Carrey. Yeah, and Living Color, Jim Carrey, like Ace Ventura, Jim Carrey. That that's more of like what what Jerry Lewis's kind of thing is. He always plays like like sort of like weirdo losers, like like an Ace Ventura type character. Very animated. He he first became like really famous was when he met up with Dean Martin um, in 1946. He formed a team with Dean Martin called uh, Martin and Lewis, uh, where Martin was was sort of the straight man, and Jerry Lewis was like his zany persona. Um, you, you, you kind of see it too. Cause like when you look at Dean Martin, Dean Martin's, you know, very well put together. Um, he's, uh, I, I guess he'd also be considered a torch, torchlight singer, like, uh, like what, Frank Sinatra. Was this like a radio combo? Like MJ and BJ in the morning for like Tampa Bay? Well, they would, they would go and perform together on stage and then they would also start going on TV and perform together. Okay. Okay. Um, and they were, they, this was kind of a common thing that you would have like a straight man and a, like a, a zany, like funny man. Now, when you say um, but straight what, man and zany funny man, you mean straight man, like just kind of straight shooter, like just telling the jokes, and then somebody that's kind of like a he's Perry? he's sort of the serious foil. Okay, you don't mean like, we're not talking sexually here, obviously. No, no, okay. Not, okay. not sexually. Okay, so we got the straight shooter who is Dean Martin, and we got the zany. Mr. Uh, it, I, I guess Lewis. if you had to describe it more, sort of like their personas is that like. Jerry Lewis is like the the off the wall type like nerdy guy, was Dean Martin's like the cool like composed guy. Gotcha, sounds good. And they would and they would ad lib a lot, and they would also break the fourth wall at times, which which made them a little different from the other people because other people would just do an act where they would just sort of like say lines off each other, but they had enough chemistry that they could sort of, you know, uh, roll with it. Okay. Uh, They. They would go on guests on different shows, um, like like just the different variety shows that were on TV at that time. You know, they would go on the late night shows. Um, in 1950, they got their own show called the uh, the Colgate Comedy Hour. Like, like Colgate toothpaste. 
Yes, like Colgate toothpaste. For real? And they would they would perform in that. And then also, um, from 1949 to 1956, they were in 16 movies. Really, 16 movies. They were they were as big a box office draw as Frank Sinatra, Elvis, and then later the Beatles. Nothing that I've heard of. I'm assuming though, because this was back in the 40s and 50s. Yeah, it, it's one of those things where the the comedy just it, it just doesn't translate as well today, so it doesn't get carried around. Okay, okay, but they were big back then. Yes, like you said, uh, like they, they were like our Kevin Hart. Yeah, they were like Kevin Hart. I, I would honestly say when we get next to the next bit, I would say Jerry Lewis is more like a, an Adam Sandler type figure. Okay, would it be like an Adam Sandler to David Spade? I guess maybe. I guess, yeah, kind of like that. Kind of like your straight shooter at Adam Sandler's kind of all over the place. Yeah, it would, or more like, you know, like Chris Farley, where where a lot of Chris Farley's comedy, you know, is he's like the fat, like, zany guy, and David Spade's like the sort of the the nerdy, like, straight man. Okay. Um, They eventually break up, though, in in 1956, um, after Lewis actually becomes more popular than Dean Martin. Um, they, a, a sort of a rift began to grow between them in 1954 because Look Magazine did an article on them and they cropped Dean Martin out of a picture. <laughs> and because they cropped Dean Martin out of the picture, like he, he couldn't like let that stand. And because he realized at that point that he had been eclipsed by Lewis, he was always like, you know, he, he got was, butthurt he was because he got cropped out of a picture. Yeah, and he, he the rifts are growing between them, and they performed their last show in 1956. 1956, um, they're done. So Lewis goes on to have a pretty successful solo career. Um, he stars in a bunch of movies, um, and he makes guest appearances on TV shows like um, The Tonight Show starring Jack Parr, which is the predecessor to you know Johnny Carson. To before Johnny Carson, to before Jay yeah. Leno, to before and, whoever the fuck it is now. Is it Jimmy Fallon yeah. now? I think so, yeah. Okay. And then, and also the Ed Sullivan Show. And the Ed Sullivan Show. Riddick Show. Riddick. All right. <laughs> in, in 1959, he signs a contract with Paramount, and, and he has his own production company, uh, very very much like Adam Sandler, which I'm going back to. Happy um, more Productions. Yeah. It was signed saying that he got $10 million plus 60% of the profits for 14 films over seven years. Good lord! It so, made him the it made him the highest paid individual Hollywood talent to date, and he also had unlimited creative control. So that means he could determine what the final cut of the film, and he got the return of film rights after thirty years. So after they're done with the films, after thirty years, he gets all the rights back. That's insane. His his draw was so big. Um, his films had already earned Paramount a hundred million dollars in rentals at that point, meaning that when they when they rent out the film reels to to movie theaters, mm-hmm. uh, that that's how much money they made off of him. So you said he made sixty million dollars in the in he made ten million dollars in in nineteen fifty nine money. He made ten million dollars in nineteen fifty money. That that's, that's just straight up. So, <laughs> and then he gets sixty percent of the profits for fourteen films. Just, just so everybody is aware, in nineteen, okay, we're just gonna say nineteen sixty money, ten million dollars is eighty one million dollars in two thousand nineteen money based on inflation. Um, holy shit! So it's a lot. He, good God, he's. He, he's getting all this money. He has a lot of control. 
Um, and he also gets a variety show on ABC called the Jerry Lewis Show. Okay. Um, it, it's what, it's what, it's sort of a variety show. Is it like um, one of those live? Uh, more more like the other shows, like you know, like Laughing, like okay. shows where they'll they'll have a musical act and then they'll have a couple skits, but it's mostly just based around him and his guest star. Gotcha. Like Saturday Night Live kind of like plays on that um, sort of formula, mm-hmm. but Saturday Night Live has like a bunch of actors, whereas this is more based on like him. Gotcha. In in 1970, um, he he makes this movie um, called Which Way to the Front. So in this movie, he plays a rich playboy who's declared 4F. So much like in real life, this, like this character himself, is declared okay. unfit for service, and he gathers together a bunch of other men who are declared 4F as an ad hoc unit and takes them to Italy to fight the Germans. <laughs> And this is like a very Hogan's Heroes feeling I'm getting from this. It's it's a comedy. Like at the end of it, and there, you say there, the name of this was again. It's called Which Way to the Front. Which Way to the Front? Okay. And at the end of it, um, George Takai is actually in it. No. And they're, at, at the end of it, their 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 big plan after succeeding in Italy is that they're going to infiltrate Japan, and 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 go into like the the Japanese high command or whatever. And they need someone to pretend to be General Yamashita, who is a real who's a real Japanese general. Um, and they they want they want someone to be him. And George Takai is the um, is the actor um, who who's in that scene doing like a, a somewhat put on Japanese accent. That's pretty funny. <laughs> oh my, <laughs> that's awesome. I love George Takai. George Takai is a great great actor. Yes. Um, I, I kind of feel bad for him because in his early years, he's sort of put into roles like that. Um, for instance, there's an episode of The Twilight Zone that they can't show on TV anymore where really? he he picks up a cursed katana and he, he becomes possessed by this, like, ghost of, a, of a Japanese soldier. And oh. he tries to kill this guy, <laughs> this like this old white guy, which I'm, I'm pretty sure if I remember correctly, the, the old guy who has the sword is the guy that killed the officer. Twilight Zone got deep as fuck like i thought these were like 10 minute like like quick movies i didn't realize that they went that deep wow okay i mean i don't know why you would ban that but okay it it's 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 portrayal of uh of of japanese culture is uh questionable is in, in, Jap- in asian people is, is pretty offensive okay yeah all right okay like 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 george takai is one of those things that he did that he was like i don't like for instance in in star trek there, there's an episode where they all have to like fight with swords. Uh-huh. The the day of the dove and like this this alien is like has sort of stopped them in this Klingon ship and they're all on the ship together and they're all fighting each other and they're they're killing each other. But every time they they kill someone, like they come back. Uh-huh. Because they, the alien is like feeding off their negative emotions. So every time someone dies, they bring them back without them remembering that they died. So they just keep doing it over and over again. Yeah. And they all use swords, and like. George Takai, in, in that episode and another episode, he specified that that he would not wield a, a katana, that that it would have to be like a fencing sword, that he would not wield a, a Japanese sword because he felt that he had been so typecast in the past. Wow. I didn't realize that. I did not know that. Not, I feel like this is like where the star goes across. You say the more you know. I had no idea. So, this is all leading to 1972. Um, by this time... 
Um, Jerry now, Lewis is... Is 1972 the day the clown cried? Yes, this is the, when the movie begins production. Okay, so this is the, now this is what we're talking about today, the day the clown cried. So this is, we'll, we'll get into the development afterwards, but I just want to describe you the, the plot of this movie. And um, no one really has a full cut of this film. There, there's a French director who claims he has a full cut. Um, Jerry Lewis, of course, has a has a has the rough cut, um, and then he he has donated this rough cut um, to the Library of Congress. What? And he said that it and it can't be released. It can't be shown by the Library of Congress until 2024. Okay. And because of the rights issues, which we'll get to, um, this show can never be like, or this movie can never be loaned out. Okay. It it can only be shown. At the, excuse me, at the Library of Congress or one of the Library of Congress's affiliated um, theaters. So, so the only way to watch this movie is at the Library of Congress after 2024, or yes. one of the Library of Congress's approved theaters. Yes. Okay. There's what the fuck there's, is there's this the museum movie? of, of like and I, I will just note that that there are like this French director apparently has it, and allegedly Patton Oswalt. Has a copy of this film. Patton Oswalt. Well, I mean, it wouldn't surprise me. Patton Oswalt. Yeah. Okay. All right. Okay. Patton Oswalt allegedly has like a copy of this film, and he would invite people over to watch it. Okay. So the plot of the film is that a washed-up, recently fired German circus clown named Helmut Dork <laughs> is arrested by the Gestapo. <laughs> And it's it's dork like D O O R K, which which I think <laughs> in, in helmet dork. <laughs> yeah, I think it's like dork or dork. Um, he's arrested by the Gestapo. I'm gonna stay with my uh, ignorant American and I'm gonna say helmet dork. All right, go ahead. <laughs> yeah. So he's arrested by the Gestapo after he drunkenly rants against like Hitler in the in the in Germany. So okay, so okay. It's he's he's sort of a washed up clown, you know. He used to be like a big deal. He would he would tour the world, um, but now he's like he's an alcoholic, he, he gutter clown, bum. Yeah, it, it's he he was sort of like he was used to be like a very famous clown, and then like over time he he didn't become he wasn't famous anymore, and he and like he was about to be fired. I, I actually think uh, that he was fired at, at when he goes on this like drunken rant. Okay. Um, I, I think the the thing that sort of causes the situation is he overhears the ringmaster talking with the head clown about getting him fired. Okay. So he's he's arrested by the Gestapo and he's thrown into a concentration camp. Wait, as a because <laughs> there were there are different degrees of of sort of like concentration camp. Yeah, yeah. Um, you uh, had your most, political prisoners. You yeah. Absolutely. So so he was he was a political. Okay. Um. And and this would this would sometime happen um, where 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 someone would be overheard like 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 just sort of being negative about the state of the war or, or Germany and they would they would get arrested as a political prisoner if someone someone reported them or, or if the Gestapo heard it. And he was a clown. Yes, he was he was a washed up clown. Did, now was he like the like the sad clown that they had to like bring into the concentration camp looking all morbid and. Well, he was he was like a Barnum and Bailey like like Ringling Circus like clown. Okay, okay, okay. So so he's he's not like a Marcel Marceau like. Okay. Like 
like it, it's not like baskets like if you've ever seen the show baskets where he's yeah. like he's like a classically trained clown and he ends up being a rodeo clown this yeah, is this yeah, is yeah. not this this is this is like a, a a scummy guy who's who's like a good clown and then he's he's like no people don't like him anymore and and he's washed up gotcha okay so he ends up in the camp and like nobody really likes him um I, I i think from from the sound of it like like jerry lewis rewrote the rewrote the script so that um he was like a more likable character um but apparently in the original version he, he's not as likable um he's not just like talentless he's also just like even more of a jerk now is um, this movie produced as a comedy a dr- like i want you to okay here's the deal it's a serious film. I want you to set this movie for me. Is this movie presented as a comedy? It is. Is it presented like a uh, life is beautiful type movie? Where we'll we'll um, get to that concentration. But it is. It it is sort of presented as like a a a serious like film. This this would sort of be like a serious breakout for him. Okay. So Uh, so even though Jerry Lewis is a comedian, I'm not going into this movie thinking that this is a comedy. It's sort of like like what Robin Williams did. With where, where he would be in movies where he was not like a Robin Williams character, where he was like more of a serious character. Okay, 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 okay. Gotcha. All right. So he makes one friend in the camp. This guy named uh, Johan Keltner. Um, y- Johan's in there for a similar reason. It seems it, it from from the description I read, it's never really explained like why he's in there. Just that you know he had been negative about the Nazis or critical of them, and he had, he'd ended up thrown in camp as a political prisoner. God forbid they start doing that shit again today. Okay, anyway, and he and and while he's in the camp, you know, because he he used to be a big time clown, he he thinks he's better than the other prisoners, or, or he tries to impress upon them, you know, that he's a big deal um, <laughs> by. By, by sort of performing for them and, and telling them stories of his fame. Did they have clown but, hops? But, but, but nobody likes him. Like, like, he tries to perform and, like, nobody likes him because they're in this, like, they're in a, they're in a literal concentration camp. And this guy's like, like, you know, I was the, the best clown out of whatever. I was the best clown in the concentration camp? Okay, I see why you didn't want me to look anything about this up before you told me about this. This is, this is. So almost... it, it gets better. So the political prisoners <laughs> All right, so don't like his act. Camps. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> but across from their section of the camp is the camp. Like, like, there's a fence dividing them. It's the camp that has the Jewish prisoners. Oh, don't boy in the striped pajamas me on this one. And the and the Jewish the Jewish children, they love they love him. Okay. Like, they think he's really funny. And like, so he performs for them because they're like the only people that like to see him perform. And then he he does it until the commandant tells him to stop. Um, there there is there is a 31 minute cut of this film that exists. Which is much reduced because it, 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 it's from the sound of it, the full film's like an hour and fifteen minutes. I was gonna say, yeah, thirty-one minutes seems really short, but okay. <laughs> and this was this, I, I think the version that's up on archive is a version that's made from the German production, like a German documentary on it. Okay. That collected together bits of the film, and then they also brought in this because it was filmed in Sweden. They brought in some of the Swedish actors that were in it, playing some of the roles to reenact their scenes. Okay. Okay. Um, so the the commandant of the camp forces them to stop because he's like, you can't you can't be performing for these children. You know, um, this is this is a prison. You know, it's not <laughs> it's not the fun time. It's not the bozo like 
the, the Bozo like super show. I'm glad that they came, like they 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 stopped trying to cover up concentration camps as being like you know not totally horrendous and being like no you can't even have clowns here. So he continues to perform regardless, and then the SS stop him and they 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 beat him unconscious, and they what? they beat his they beat his friend. How do you um, beat him a clown? They 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 and they beat his friend to death. What? No. Because his friend tries to help him, and they beat his friend. Um, Keltner to death. And this happened in a concentration camp. Yes. They beat the um, clown to death in a concentration camp. Well they don't they don't beat him to death. They beat his friend to death. Is his friend not a clown too? No, his friend's just like a he's just like a German intellectual guy. Uh was he like a German like Malady like uh Fedora intellectual? Because... No, like he was he was just sort of like a like sort of like a, uh, like a guy who's one of those like against Hitler because he knew better? Just, just, just think he's like one of those people on on Twitter who like who's still standing for Hillary. Ugh, okay, heard. But he he's just like they, they. I don't think they really go into it, but it, it sort of seems like he was just a guy that was like he wasn't a fan of he wasn't a fan of Hitler. He he made it known a little too publicly and a little too loudly, and he ended up in the camp because of it. Horrendous. Okay. So I, I will I will know as well that like if you are a political prisoner, usually most of the time. Um, unless you're like a high-ranking communist, and like when the Soviets get too close, you're, you're probably going to live through the experience. Correct, because you're a political like, prisoner. You're not a Jewish prisoner. You're not a homosexual. You're not a you're not a a, a gypsy or a, a Romanian, however you want to say that one, um, which were primarily ones that were sent to the actual work camps and or death camps. But the political yeah, so it, it was a, it was possible. For instance, like Dachau was a political camp and they never used the gas chamber at Dachau, which is one thing that like Holocaust deniers like to use. Um, it, but they never used it there because it was sort of a test camp because it was the public camp. Yeah. And it was the one that like, was like, Hey, no, look, we have camps. They're not bad. See, no Auschwitz. Don't look at that. No, 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 no. But no, look at Dachau. We're, we'll, we'll get to Auschwitz. So Dor- no. Dorik is placed God in solitary it. confinement, um, to to but the, the commandant gets, gets this brilliant idea that the children love Dork, so he's going to use Dork as, as sort of a Pied Piper figure to lead the children to the boxcars of the train. So when I was a kid, we all looked up the definition of Dork, and doesn't Dork mean whale's penis? It can. <laughs> I, I, it, it's like one of the meanings. <laughs> okay, all right, go ahead. I'm gonna, I'm gonna <laughs> every time you say Dork, it, I'm gonna think of whale's penis so I can laugh. So I'm not gonna be horrific, or I'm not gonna be horrified. But what we're actually well, talking about is concentration camps. A, a, apparently, it, it used to be a slang for a man's dick. That's which, fine. which I've heard. I've heard that before too, I'm, and it, it just came to mean an inept. I'm gonna think about it like that, so I don't have to think about the fact that we're that we're laughing about concentration camps. Go. <laughs> so. He he leads these children into the boxcars, and he he goes with them to to Auschwitz, and he leads them into the. He, his next job is he has to lead them into the showers, and he realizes As like like, yeah, he realizes what's what's sort of going down, and and at the end of the film, you know, he he feels he feels repentance. And he, he takes the hand of this girl and he like walks into the, the gas chamber with him because he can't he can't live with the fact, you know, that he that he did this. Wait a and minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. So at the end of the movie he walks into the gas chamber with one of the kids? Yes. What 
because originally what it was was the the agreement he had with the commandant was which which I forgot to mention was that if he did this he would they would like reconsider his his case. Holy shit! This is dark. So he he agrees to do this on the grounds that he he gets his sentence either uh, reduced or, or done away with, and then and then he realizes you know like I've I've done a terrible thing and he like commits I, I I wouldn't call it committing suicide but he chooses to die with the children. That is horrific. So you you sort of understand why this film hasn't come out. <laughs> Um, I absolutely because yeah, okay so here's the deal I remember watching uh, Life is Beautiful when I was in I want to say 10th grade we watched Life is Beautiful and if you haven't seen Life is Beautiful Life is Beautiful is about an Italian family who ends up in a concentration camp and that's all I'm going to say because it's it, the movie is a beautiful movie it's, it's, it's ridiculously good even though the ending is sad, it's a great movie to watch, but... Uh, a clown, though? Like, <laughs> which, which I'll talk about that later. Okay. Um, I, I'll, I'll bring that up. So originally, the, the film, the, the role was pitched to Bobby Darren, who was another comedian at the time, Milton Berle, and Dick Van Dyke. Okay. <laughs> Dick Van Dyke. All three of them, like, like declined. Okay. Um, Lewis, he, when he was pitched the film, he, he was hesitant. Um, he, he was a comedian and, you know, it was, it was a serious role, so he didn't want to take it on. Okay. Um, but, but he eventually agreed to do it. I, I, I kind of bring up the, which way to the front in this is sort of a parallel, um, because, you know, he didn't get to fight in World War II and then he makes a movie about guys that didn't get to fight in World War II fighting in World War II. Okay. And then, and then he is, he is Jewish and like the Holocaust is not something that was talked about at this point, really. Okay. Um, they they had made a movie version of the Diary of Anne Frank, and they had made another movie that sort of dealt with the Holocaust called um, The Pawnbroker. And and sort of at this point, in, in sort of like 1972, no one's really talking about the Holocaust. It's, it's not something that's talked about. <laughs> Um, when 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 people usually think of it like the concentration camps, they they don't really talk about them as, as much as like sort of extermination camps. Oh, yeah, yeah. They're just like they were bad, you know. Yeah. Bad stuff happens. Yeah. It's it's done. Um. So he he agrees to do it. Um. In, in order to get ready for the role, you know, he goes he tours Auschwitz and Dachau, and and he lost um thirty five pounds in six weeks. Uh, by what? by doing what's called the Hollywood diet, Fuck. which is what where is the you Hollywood eat. Diet? Tell me what this is because I need to lose. You, some you weight. just eat a grapefruit for every meal. Wait, what? So you're you're essentially like starving yourself. Yeah, it's not gonna do anything. You're gonna just put that weight back right back on. Um, the filming was done in Sweden, um, but very early, but very early on, it had a lot of financial difficulties. Um, for instance, the the producer, um, a man named uh, Nat uh, Waxberger. Uh-huh. He, he he had not he had not fully paid the the writer of the story like he had paid her the initial five thousand dollars for the just just sort of like the consideration uh-huh. but he did not pay her the extra fifty thousand he needed in order to begin production okay so so from the start they they don't even really have the rights fully to produce the film so they have to pay that off um, Lewis ends up paying uh, two million dollars of his own money 
throughout this whole entire production to get it done. Okay. Um, it's never released. Um, the rights, for instance, were never fully secured. Um, and O'Brien, the the main writer, she didn't like the cut. Um, she she said that in the original script that the central character is more reprehensible, and she didn't like that uh, Lewis <laughs> made it more sympathetic. Um, Jerry Lewis, um, until the day he died, which was very recently, um, he did Rip. not like the film. F. But, like he said, it wasn't good. So, um, so he didn't even like it himself. So is that why he waited till he said you can't release it after I'm dead so I don't have to hear the bullshit you all got to say about it? Well, that's, that's another thing, too, is that um, Jerry Lewis, had, he, made, he went on to make two movies in France in the 1980s. Um, Jerry Lewis was, like, very popular in France. It used to be, like, a joke. He was sort of like David Hasselhoff for, like, the 1980s. Oh, Jesus. He's like David Hasselhoff in Germany. Yeah, where he was, he was very popular there, and like if if you if you like brought it up to like a French person today, like they would, they would they would either have like no idea what you were talking about, or they would just think like that's like someone talking about someone being obsessed with like Elvis. <laughs> yeah. Um. So like, but it was a it was a common joke in like the 1990s about the French. You know, there there are people who think like Jerry Lewis is the height of comedy. Yeah. 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 Um, so he made these two movies, and he he said that they could never be released in the United States because they're because, so fucking bad. <laughs> I don't so I don't bad. think it's because they're bad. He just has this whole thing that like it wasn't made for the American market. I don't want them to see it, and because I control the rights, I can determine who who gets to see them. That sounds like a, I'm not going to show it to anybody who's going to critique me for this because the movie's really pretty, bad. Pretty pretty much. He's he, he's not he was. He comes off in interviews as not being a very nice guy. Um, for instance, before he died, he was on Mark Marin, and the interview was only like thirty minutes because he was he was very standoffish at first, and then Mark got him to open up, and he talked about the early days, and like Jerry didn't want to talk about it. He like went on about how like you know like oh you've you've heard all those stories before, we don't need to talk about them, and then like he started talking about him, and then after like thirty minutes, he just like said we're done. <laughs> He pulled a Ben Shapiro and said, "Nah, we're finished. I, I don't want to do yeah, this." Yeah, he anymore. just said we're done, and then like his his like assistant or whatever, which I think was also his nurse, because he was in pretty bad shape at that time. She's like, "Yeah, we're done." Wow, crazy. Um, so the writer that doesn't like the film, Jerry Lewis, doesn't like the film. Um, so why would this? I feel like this is like the room, but. Well, the thing but, about the room is the room doesn't have like legal problems. Yeah, Tommy so, Wiseau and yeah, and Tommy Wiseau loves it. He thinks it's like the pinnacle of <laughs> he thinks it's like the pinnacle of film. Well, I think the whole thing with like like Tommy Wiseau and like why he like only sells the film. So, by the way, you can buy the Blu-ray of the room on on Amazon. I I, I own. I'm I'm embarrassed to admit this. I own three copies of the room. I own one Blu-ray copy and two standard DVD copies. I am but, embarrassed, but he also sells uh, <laughs> he sells Tommy Wiseau boxers, and I swear to God, the other day I was two seconds away from buying a pair of Tommy Wiseau boxers. They're exactly like Tommy Hilfiger, where the 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 the, the waistband has Tommy Wiseau's name instead of Tommy Hilfiger's name, and I was so close to buying them, but I was like. Mm, Oh, allegedly, because because all the money he got to make the room, because he got a lot of money, a, a good deal of it came from his like former English teacher. Yeah. But allegedly, a lot of the money came from 
the the rumor is is through him like counterfeiting jeans. I thought it was jackets. And the thing is, we could or do jackets just just counterfeiting clothes. Yeah, we could do an entire episode on the room and Tommy Wiseau himself because that is an entire fucking thing. But man, yeah. <laughs> so back to back to Lewis. Um, I, I sort of think his his sort of agreement arrangement that he has. Is sort of like Adam Sandler, mm-hmm. where Adam Sandler has that agreement with Netflix that he's going to release like these movies, which are all all like terrible movies. Horrific. Uh, the latest movie he released, Murder Mystery, not bad. I did watch it the other day. Not terrible. Because essentially, what he does is he he produces these these movies. He inflates the budget. He gets all of his friends to sign on, so they all get big paychecks. And people come and see them because, you know, Adam Sandler's name is on the marquee. I mean, I I hate him because he's making the money, but I'm not mad. But but Jerry Lewis kind of operated the same way that, you know, his name's on the marquee, so people come and see him. So the film studios are, are more than willing, you know, to pony up some dollars give him, for him. Yeah, give him all these creative controls because, you know. They they want Jerry Lewis. They it, it, the movie being good or bad is not the is, is is not the issue because people are willing to you know they just want throw, the money. throw money at him. Yep, they want the money. They don't care how good the movie is. Um, so this in in 2015, Lewis um it was he he donated a copy to the the Library of Congress and and he stipulated that it can't be released for viewing until 2024. 2024. So we're gonna have a viewing party then five years from now, right? Because it's it's. It's June 2024 is when it's going to be released, right? I think. Okay, so it's exactly five years from now. But, but like I said, you can only watch it at the Library of Congress. So five years from now, we're going to go to the Library of Congress five years from now, and we are going to do – okay, so here it is, big talk. Five years from now, we're going to have an incredibly successful, well, actually, podcast – and we are going to live stream from the Library of Congress the first showing of the day the clown cried. Why am I hyping up a concentration camp movie? This is horrific. <laughs> um, so because originally when when Jerry Lewis signed on for this film, um, he he thought it, it sort of interested him because there weren't really any movies about the Holocaust. Okay. Um, there, there were there were sort of movies that sort of dealt with it. Um, a number of communist countries made movies about the about the holocaust but nothing um, was very direct but but they were very they were very peppered by by sort of like communist like propaganda yeah, like usually very... usually at that time the the sort of official status quo was you know that the the communists were the good guys like they're the ones that suffered um and that you know you're, you're all good but like all the stuff that happened in these countries you live in um that that was all other people that wasn't you because you're you're good, and it wasn't your your relatives or anything like that, because they're 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 also you know good communists. They're also good communists, which is which is one of the reasons why you know East Germany has like the highest per capita like number of like right wing and neo Nazi organizations be because of that that education during East Germany. Really? Okay. There was there was there was never really a period of self reflection like there was in West Germany. Interesting. Because um, in West Germany around the time this movie comes out there, there's sort of this national dialogue on the Holocaust okay. um, because there had been a lot of sort of like um, sort of far left wing radical student like terrorism, like the red army faction, the, the, the Bader Meinhof gang. Um, they had, 
they had, you know, killed all these people and, and taken planes hostage and stuff. And like, there was violence in the streets and they realized, you know, that, that we need to, we need to sort of like get this because, you know, they are right. You know, there are former Nazis in the government. There are members of former members of the SS that are in like large, uh, companies, you know, in positions of power. But up until this point in 1972, no one's really talking about the about the Holocaust, especially in the United States. Okay. Um, you have to remember this is 13 years before Shoah. Shoah is released in 1985. Um, Shoah is like the nine-hour epic documentary that's about the Holocaust. Now, what year exactly are we talking about right now? Ni- 1985 was when Shoah was released. Okay. So Shoah is... It's like a really long documentary. It has a lot of um, has a lot of like eyewitness um, interviews um, from from people you know who were around who weren't Jewish, people like Jews who were in the Holocaust, and then they also interview like SS people that were in the camps and stuff like that. Now, um, the only thing I know about Shoah is that it's long. That's the only thing I know about. I, the only thing I know about that about Shoah is that it is a long ass movie. It's like six hours long or something. It's it's nine hours. Nine hours long. I can't watch. Nine. It was. That's okay. it was. That's horrific. it was originally. It was originally sponsored by the Israeli government, and the Israeli government wanted a two-hour film, and the filmmaker was like, "Like I can't tell the story in two hours," and they sort of like abandoned it. Cause they're just like, "You're you've you've made this wasn't what we asked for." Like, like no one's gonna want to watch like a nine-hour like film. I feel like this is before the days of the trilogy, the uh, Lord of the Rings one, two, and three, and the. But you have you have you have Star Wars. <sighs> yeah, but I feel like this. But is... do you do you really do you really want to sit down and watch the Holocaust trilogy? Fuck no! <laughs> I don't want to watch it. Listen, I told so, you I had to watch uh, Life Is Beautiful in fucking English class in goddamn so high it, school. I don't want to watch that shit. That's horrible. So. It was 13 years before Shoah. It was 21 years before Schindler's List. So Schindler's List comes out in 1993. Okay. And, like, Schindler's List is the first, like, Academy Award-winning, like, Holocaust film. I think I think Shoah actually won an Academy Award for Best Documentary. Uh, I, I do not remember. <laughs> but I do remember Schindler's List when it came out because Schindler's List, uh, my mom would not let me watch initially until she uh previewed it is what she said yeah it doesn't say on wikipedia how many awards it won i i, I don't think it won it won any i don't know if they had a documentary category during the academy awards at that point okay i know that it won a uh, documentary like a best documentary at the international documentary association but i don't know about an academy award so but the chandler's list is like the the big one yeah, Schindler's List is the big one. Everybody knows that one. You know, Amazing Jerry, piece of math. Jerry made out with his girlfriend during Drink Schindler's List and, you know, that episode of Seinfeld. <laughs> um, so that happens then. So by 1993, um, you know, that, that is the big, the big movie. And then in 1997, as you mentioned, Life is Beautiful comes out. Life is beautiful. I s- listen. Let me tell you something. That is the first movie that I cried, and what sticks out in that movie, and, and this is just from memory, me just sitting here drinking this disgusting beer. What sticks out from memory is towards the very end of the movie is when the dad is walking around a corner 
and his son is looking at the father, and the dad is acting like he's very happy, and he's smiling and waving to his son as he walks around the corner before he's executed. And the dad knows once he hits this corner that the Nazis are going to execute him. I could be totally wrong in how it actually is set up in the movie, uh, but that's what sticks out to me, is the dad being super happy and waving to the kid, and as soon as he goes around the corner, he's executed by some Nazi soldiers. But... I do know that the rest from, of the movie is a really good movie, though. And even though from, from what I remember, he, he has him. It's great. It, yeah, from from what I remember, he he has his son hide, and then he acts like you know, like because he because he tells his son, you know, that this is all like a game, and then he he sort of makes the rules of the game to like what he needs to do to survive because his son was already supposed to be killed, and just just to sort of keep a low profile and so no one notices him and, and just to hide all the time yeah um that he he wants him to think that it's all like a game um but he's just sort of this this clownish you know and lighthearted uh, italian man uh, italian jewish man um so it it sort of has some parallels to the day the clown cried there because you know he, he's a clown but but the difference is is that in life is beautiful you know the protagonist is is a likable He's a likable guy. He's a very likable guy. And, he, he's um, a good guy. He he's a victim of circumstances. You know, he tries he tries to make do. He tries to protect his son and his wife, um, and and he does everything he can, even even until the end. And the and the whole time, you know, he he takes it, you know, with stride. Yeah. So and, and, and just I feel like it's worth mentioning that life is beautiful was. The guy in it, uh, it was uh, Roberto Benini. Benini. Yeah, Roberto Benini. And um, his dad was actually in a German concentration camp during World War II. So the story of Life is Beautiful is somewhat inspired by his father in that labor camp during World War II. Guys, if you haven't seen Life is Beautiful, I highly recommend it. Like I said, it's an Italian film, so it does have subtitles, but fuck subs over dubs, and it's it's an amazing movie. Highly recommend it. So it wins it wins three Academy Awards. It wins Best Actor for Roberto Benini, Best Foreign Language Film, Best uh, and Best Music, Original Score, and it also wins the Grand Prize at, at Cannes. I was going to say, it won Best Picture, too, didn't it, at the Academy Awards? It won. It won best actor. It didn't win best. It won best foreign language film. Okay. Oh, it was nominated for best picture. That's what it was. Okay. Okay. So and and like there there's a sort of documentary about like the Holocaust in film, and in it, um, David Cross remarks, you know, that if the the day the clown cried was released, you know, twenty twenty five years later, that Jerry Lewis probably would have won an Academy Award easily. I'm I'm kind of doubtful of that because like I've I've only heard of like one person saying you know like it's a good film and it's that French guy. Is it the French guy that has it now? Yeah, it's the French guy that somehow has a bootleg copy. Um, he's he says it's a great film. And also, um, who who else did you say had a bootleg copy? Possibly, please don't sue us. Uh, Patton, Patton Oswalt allegedly has a, a full bootleg copy of it. Patton, if you have it, please contact us. We don't have an email address <laughs> set up because this is only episode number two. But holy shit, if you have a copy of this, we would love to watch it. It would be fantastic to watch this movie. Oh, but there is there is a thirty one minute version of it on on archive. A 31-minute version. Now, I was looking it up uh, 
since we've started this recording. Um, I didn't look it up before. Um, but it's uh, apparently it's 90 minutes long, right? So it's an hour and a half long. It's an actual... Well, it's, it's an hour and 15 movie. minutes long. Okay, so it's an hour and fifteen minutes long. So it's a feature length movie. This isn't like a like a quick like a quick clip or anything like that. It was it was actually supposed to um it had been invited to to Cannes so that they were supposed to show it at the Cannes Film Festival, but they never did. Why not? Did they have a reason? Because of the, the rights issues. The right okay. The the head writer she wouldn't she wouldn't agree to it and apparently her her other um her other writer she worked with he he also didn't like it is it because it was just so bad yeah it was they they just sort of felt that it wasn't in the what what they wanted what they what they felt was did the story justice they felt that lewis had changed too much <laughs> and and lewis didn't think it was that good and 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 it's sort of after this period that lewis doesn't really like doesn't really like perform in anything uh, aside from in the eighties. He, he does a few things um, like, like those French movies I mentioned. He, he does a couple of English language ones as well, um, but he mostly sticks to um, just appearances on shows every now and then, and then doing the, uh, the telethons and doing the telethons. Like I said, his labor day telethons is what I can remember as being in my great grandmother's house. My great grandmother's house, being there watching his telethons, and that was that 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 was her thing on Labor Day, all day. So that is the story of the day the clown cried. The day the clown cried. I have never heard of this video, and, or this movie, and that <laughs> it's so out of place. You know what I mean? Like, to, for what? Okay, and again, it's it's weird because I'm the generation where Jerry Lewis, to me, is he's the telethon guy. So you know, you have the older generation that actually remembers him when he was doing things with Dean Martin, and you know, in the '50s and '60s, in the '70s, where you know our generation, because you know, you and me are roughly the same age, where our generation really doesn't remember him for that. We remember him for the telethon guy. But yeah. it's, it's crazy to me that he did a movie on the on the Holocaust with a clown, and he thought that that would fly. Like, I think too. Like maybe he he realized some parallels in his own life. You know, where it, he is sort of. I wouldn't say he's washed up, but but he's getting to a point where he realizes. You know, he is not. He is not the most wanted man in, in Hollywood at that point. Now, do you think that the very ending has some parallels to real life where, I'm going to say parallels to real life, where he goes to, you said it was he walks into the gas chamber with the kids. Do you think it has some parallels to real life where brand new comedians want to be a comedian and he's bringing them into the business knowing that this is really not a sustainable thing? I don't. I, I don't think it, it goes that far because it's. it's I, I believe that's in or the is original that just script. Me being fucking baked out of my mind right now and thinking way too deep into a clown in the Holocaust movie. That, that might be a little <laughs> too deep. I, I think. I, I think that was just sort of like his redeeming thing because you know he's he's a guy sort of like leading these these children to their deaths and like the only redeeming thing he could do outside of like, you know, like beating up the guards and like. Like saving them Rambo style, which you know isn't going to happen. Correct. Is, is you know. Do, yeah. Okay. Yeah. 
But when wow. you, because like, and, and that type of thing too. Like I mentioned at that time, like that was unheard of. It's it's it was unheard of to do like a, a documentary about the Holocaust. It's even more unheard of to do a movie about a about a clown in the Holocaust. I mean, that, <laughs> they could. But, in the year but they of our Lord prob- 2019, if you came out with a movie about the Holocaust with a clown, people would still look at you like you're weird right now. Because they 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 make enough like bad movies about like the Holocaust now, like like the boy in like the striped pajamas and whatever. Oh my god, that was horrific. The, the zookeeper isn't the zookeeper's wife. Yeah, yeah. Like they're they're not like. Like they they sort of make these like dramas about the, that involve the Holocaust, but they're not like they're not like worthy of the gravitas that comes with like depicting like one of the most horrific events in human history. If if you kind of get what I'm saying, I, I do. I don't think that any. Here's the deal: you're never gonna have a movie that's gonna be able to accurately have or accurately portray, you know, like you were saying, the gravitas. Like it's just not possible. Yeah, it's it's hard to have like a dramatic film that does that. You kind of have to have like a, a documentary um, where you have like Ryan did well for Omaha Beach, but I haven't seen anything do anything even remotely well for the actual death camps and the labor camps. Like you can like, there's been movies that have done World War Two well for specific areas. Like I said, Omaha Beach with Saving Private Ryan. <laughs> But I don't think there's been a movie yet that has accurately portrayed the camps, and it's unfortunate because you know there's been a lot of good opportunities to the Great Escape mm-hmm. and everything else, even though they didn't directly deal with the death camps. But it's also a very heavy topic to. to it's a lot to ask of somebody to say, "Hey, I want you to do a movie based on these camps." I could see any director being like, "Fuck you, bro! I'm not going to sink my career for that." So, yep, yeah, that is the day the clown cried. That's crazy. This is going to be the day that I cried because it's a horrific movie. Um, I would be lying if I said that I wasn't looking forward to five years from now so that I can watch this actual shit show of a movie. Because that will be June of 2024, five years from now. Because we're recording this on July 3rd. So yeah, five years from now. I'll tell you what. um, A lot of awesome, excellent podcasts have have lasted for five years. I'm going to say this right now. As of July 3rd, 2019 at 11.18pm, if we are still around in 2024, we are going to go do a live viewing of The Day of the Concrad. We'll be there. We'll, we'll mark the date. We're doing it. We are going there live if this thing takes off. Alright, well, until then, uh, we'll see you next week, sir. Sir, and everybody listening, we will see you guys next week. <laughs> <laughs>